Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 53rd episode of Weekly Poker Hand, and I have a fun hand for you today. But before we get started, I wanted to discuss briefly with you about my newest book, Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. This book has been getting very good reviews from pretty much every media outlet online and also on Amazon, and if you've not checked it out, I strongly suggest you do. There's something in this book for every poker player from the relatively beginning player all the way up to players who are incredibly advanced. Um, For example, on the advanced end, we actually have a chapter by Olivier Bousquet, who is a high stakes heads up player who goes through a bunch of hands that are fairly in depth and he dissects ranges. And that was one of the more beneficial chapters for me to be involved with. Also, Alex Fitzgerald has a great chapter on analyzing a player's range And we're going to be doing a little bit of that in today's hand. So this hand is from a 2,000 euro European poker tour event. And we have 8-6 suited. As you can see, if you are watching this on JonathanLittlePoker.com or YouTube, um, we are playing six-handed. If you're listening to this on iTunes, you'll just have to follow along um, listening. And... The blinds are 100, 200, and I have 30,000 chips. So we are very deep stacked. I pick up 8, 6 suited in the hijack seat and raise to 600. So I think the initial raise is somewhat speculative. But early in a tournament when I'm playing 150 big blinds deep, I'm more than happy to get out of line and raise hands that have a large amount of post-flop potential. And 8, 6 suited certainly falls in that category. Folding is also fine. If I expected the players on my left to re-raise a decent amount of the time, I would probably just fold. Well, I would fold, but if I expect them to play somewhat snug or if I have a tight image because I haven't put a chip in the pot for the first 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, then I'm going to be a little bit more inclined to raise a hand like this. So an unknown kid in the big blind decides to re-raise to 2,100. He also has 30,000 chips. So this is obviously not a great spot for me at this point, but... I don't mind seeing flops with hands like 8-6 suited because you have to think about the hands that my opponent's probably re-raising with. These are going to be hands that are mostly big cards or big pairs. And against that range, I'm certainly beat at the moment, but that's not a good enough reason to fold. You have to think, how am I going to play on various boards? And say it does come with three low cards, I'm usually going to have some sort of a straight draw or a pair, and that's often going to be a strong enough hand. I can occasionally bluff on some middle cards where it comes like uh, 10-9-X or something like that because on boards like that, I'll usually have a gut shot plus uh, those will be boards that are hard for my opponent to hit. And whenever the board comes with high cards, I know I'm just in terrible shape and I can fold. So I don't mind calling in this spot. I think I play reasonably well after the flop and I have a hand that's going to be fairly disguised. So I decided to call. If my opponent made it much more, like say made it 2,400, I probably would have folded. If he made it less, like 1,500, I would definitely call. So the flop comes queen, nine, eight, um, one spade. And my opponent decides to bet 2,400 into the 4,500 chip pot. So at this point, I have to ask myself, am I in reasonable shape with my hand? And I think the answer is uh, marginal shape because my opponent could easily have an, an overpair or something like ace-king that still has plenty of equity or obviously a hand like king-queen, ace-queen, queen-jack, etc. 
So I don't think I'm in amazing shape with my hand. But I also have to ask, if I raise, how is my opponent going to proceed? So this is a scenario where if my opponent has a hand like aces and I raise him on the flop, he has to be fairly sick because I could easily have 9-8, queen-9, um, pocket queens, pocket nines, pocket eights, and jack ten. It's so easy for me to have all of the nut hands. And anytime it's easy for me to have all the nut hands and not so easy for my opponent to have the nut hands, notice that it's pretty hard for me to have pocket eights because I have an eight in my hand. And he may not even re-raise pocket nines preflop, and he probably doesn't re-raise jack ten preflop. Um, his range should be much weaker than mine whenever we are both playing nearly the tops of our range. So... This is a pretty sweet spot to put in a raise. And I think if I do raise the flop, I generally need to be willing to bet the turn. You'll find that a lot of players, particularly if you don't know much about them, they will call a flop raise but then fold to a turn bet with a hand like queen-jack, for example. They, they call the flop thinking, well, I could be good, and if it checks down, I'm probably good. But if you continue applying pressure and make it appear as if you're going to be willing to put in your whole 150 big blind stack your opponents will often get out of the way. So I like raising, and I don't think you need to raise too large. I see a lot of amateur players raise large here to something like 8,000. And what happens then is their opponent has something like ace-queen and decides, well, ace-queen's pretty good. I'm just going to stick my stack in. And that's certainly not what you want. You want to raise small and make your opponent think you're trying to rope him in. And if he thinks you're trying to rope him in, he's going to be very suspicious and at least somewhat prone to making a, a snug fold. I, I do want to make it clear, though. My hand does have a bit of equity when I do get when I raise and get called, given I have bottom pair plus a backdoor flush draw and a backdoor straight draw, but that's not too relevant. So a spade's a pretty great turn for me, an eight's a great turn, and a six is also a great turn. So I have a few reasonable turns that are at least spots where I can continue for value. If I had just total air, like 5-4 offsuit, I would probably just fold this. Obviously, I don't have 5-4 offsuit in this spot ever because I'm not raising 5-4 offsuit or calling a re-raise with 5-4 offsuit. Or even, say, 5-4 of clubs. There are no clubs on the board. I would just fold those hands. I don't think there's any reason to get out of line. But if I do have a bit of equity, and I certainly do in this scenario, I think raising is a pretty sweet play. So he made it 2400 and I decide to make it 6500 So just a little bit more. Um, about 2.5 times his... Actually, um, 24 to 65 is... Not, not too much more. Very small raise. And I do expect him to call a decent amount of the time. So now the pot's 17,500. The turn's a 10 of clubs. And my opponent checks. So at this point, I think I definitely need to bet. And the reason I need to bet is because if I do not bet... My opponent can easily check call the river with a lot of overpair type hands or one pairs like king queen. But if I bet the turn, my opponent now has to fear me continuing to barrel the river and putting my whole stack in. So when my opponent does check, the pot's 17,500. I like to bet 7,500. And I think this is a spot where I'm, I'm definitely not betting the river if my opponent calls a turn. But I think it looks incredibly strong and it's going to certainly put my opponent in a very tough situation because I mean I mean, imagine put yourself in my opponent's shoes if you're sitting here with pocket aces you have to be fairly sick whenever your opponent puts in a substantial bet on the turn leaving us both 14,000 or so behind so this is a scenario where you can apply immense pressure and I, I would continue making this bet on almost all turn cards um, because notice like say an ace comes on the turn 
if my opponent's sitting there with king queen or queen jack, he's probably going to fold. If a jack comes on the turn, my opponent has ace queen, he's going to be folding. Um, so turns the king, that might be one of the worst turns, interestingly enough. But I think I'd still probably just continue betting because if he has pocket aces or ace queen, he's probably going to fold. So this is a scenario where on the flop, I recognize that pretty much any turn card is going to be a fine spot to continue betting. Even if the turn's a two, like a complete offsuit two, if my opponent checks and I bet again fairly large like I do, I say fairly large. This is large in proportion to my stack, not in proportion to the pot. But um, once the entire stacks start to get at risk, you have to realize that the pot size becomes slightly less relevant. Uh, so this is a scenario where even if a two comes on the turn, if my opponent has pocket aces, I'm representing fairly cleanly all of those nut hands I mentioned a minute ago, the two pair sets and straight. And my opponent really can't have a ton of those. So this is a scenario where I can apply a lot of pressure and put my opponent in a miserable spot. And that's exactly what I do. And my opponent does find a fold on the turn. If he did call on the turn, like I said, I would assume he has a set two pair or straight. And I may be able to bluff him off of those on the river. But I find that whenever guys start putting in a substantial portion of their stack on the turn, they're usually not going to be in the folding mood on the river. So I would probably give up. Uh, it's always difficult to say what I would have actually done in real time because if I get the vibe that my opponent's very weak and will actually fold the river, I'm going to make the bluff. But it's hard to say for sure whether or not I was going to do that. But I imagine I would not in general because I think most good opponents, especially good unknown European kids, will be check calling the turn with a straight. And if your opponent's check calling the turn with all of their straights, you really don't want to be bluffing the river because then you're just crushed. So, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, please be sure to check out my new book, Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. You can get that at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash buyexcelling. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sticking with me for an entire year. This is the first episode of the second year, if you want to call it that. We'll just call it episode 53. But I definitely appreciate you being here. And if you like this podcast, share it with your friends. This has been Jonathan Little. I will talk to you next week.